0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Substance of Choice podcast. I'm your host, Tara, and as always, I am so excited to be here with you today. I thought since we were like celebrating my 10 year anniversary and just kind of in that phase right now, I thought that I would do a fun little episode called 10 Things I've Learned in 10 Years of Sobriety. And to be totally honest with you, it took me so long to pick 10 actual things. We have a couple bonus ones at the very end, but there, I mean, there's there's so much to share. There's so many things that I've learned. Um, but I think these are the things that I found most important Towards like the very start of my sobriety, and just the lessons that I really learned in the very beginning of my sobriety that really were able to propel me forward to where I am today. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. So number one, the biggest thing, not the biggest thing, like one, you know, they're all kind of big things. But anyway, um, one of the most important things to me in my early sobriety was learning how to put myself first. So putting yourself first is definitely something that you need to do, but it's also a skill. So it's not something that you just like get sober and overnight. like, all right, I'm putting me first. You know, I'm, I'm blocking out everything that's bad for me and I'm just going to do what's best for me because we all know it's not as easy as that. Um, putting yourself first, I would say kind of encompasses, you know, setting boundaries, cutting off those toxic relationships, and kind of like everything that falls under that umbrella. People-pleasing was also a really big one that I still struggle with sometimes to this day. So, I mean, this is like an ongoing thing, but I think early on, it is so vital that you learn, that you start to learn how to put yourself first. Because if you don't, then everything else, everyone else around you, alcohol included, that's going to end up shaping your life. And that's not something you really want to do. After I got sober, I moved to a different country. You know, I dropped out of college. I didn't like go down the path that a lot of people in my life wanted me to. And that was really hard for me for a long time. But I kind of realized that if I let other people and other things kind of outline what the shape of my life was going to look like, then like what it would be shaded in with would just be things that weren't working for me or that I really didn't want. I had to do what I needed to do to get sober and learn not to apologize for it. I used to apologize and sometimes I still do apologize for things that I shouldn't even apologize for. I would apologize for things that were like really good for me but maybe made someone else uncomfortable like not even in a bad way it's just like they didn't like it. and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry I'm making my life better and it's somehow (laughs) affecting you. Um, So you just really, like I said, like it's a skill. You really have to learn that putting yourself first is just so crucial. And it's not something you should ever apologize for. Like You should never apologize for doing what's best for you. If you don't let go of the fear of hurting others around you, what it's going to end up happening is you're just going to continue to hurt yourself. You're going to continue to put yourself in bad situations. You're going to continue, you know, to overextend yourself to certain people. You're going to allow people to come into your life that, you know, harm you in a way if you don't set up those boundaries and if you don't cut off those toxic relationships, And like all of that just leads to a place that's not good. Like if you have all this negativity and you have these things and people that reinforce negativity and are just like not healthy for you to have in your life, it's just going to make you unhappy. And like what doesn't happy make you? Or like what did we used to do when we were unhappy? We used to drink. So it's just kind of like a vicious cycle. Like we just have to cut out, not, not all, like it's obviously impossible to cut off all the negativity in your life. But it's so helpful and it's so much easier for you to navigate sobriety if you have as clean of a slate as possible so to sum it all up it's just so important and so vital that you start to learn how to put yourself first even if it's not immediate it's not going to be immediate trust me it took me a real long time but just start making those steps start like implementing those boundaries like just a little boundary here a little boundary there maybe not cut off a relationship but maybe just really distance yourself from a relationship that's bad for you because again like if we just stay in this cycle it's just going to get us closer to drinking and we don't want to be close to drinking we want to be far away from drinking so putting yourself first is important something that I that I'm just so adamant about and still am to this day is forgiving yourself forgiveness is crucial in sobriety and early sobriety especially because not only are we dealing with being sober and all the challenges of being sober but we're also carrying around this like massive baggage of all the things we're ashamed of all the things that we're sad about all the things you know that we regret all the things that we have lost due to alcohol All the things we've done because of alcohol. All the people we've hurt because of alcohol. How much we've hurt ourselves because of alcohol. Oh my god, I'm not able to stop drinking. Like, I'm not a normal person. I just have all that shame. Like, the the non-drinking shame. Like, like sobriety is hard enough. (laughs) Sobriety is hard enough on its own. And then to just be carrying that around with you all the time. And having that low self-esteem. And not feeling good about yourself. And just feeling so poorly about who you are as a person. That is so dangerous to be walking around with, especially in early sobriety. Speaking to the mistakes part, there were so many things that I did that I was so disgusted by, like, that when I was drunk. And thinking back to, like, all of those things I did, all the things I said, the way I acted, like... For example, like during the last couple weeks of my drinking, I was like un- like in an alcohol-induced psychosis. I was completely incoherent and like I was living with three people that like I really didn't know. I was running around the house screaming and throwing things and it's like I was up all night like literally screaming and my roommates would be like, what is going on? Like stop doing that. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Um... And I was really embarrassed about that, obviously. Like, that's not like... And that's how those people saw me. Like, they didn't know me very well. And like, that's all they knew about me. It's just like, I was just like this drunk, crazy thing that like didn't said like really terrible things. And anyway, that's just one example. But um, that, like living with that shame, living with that person that you turned into is really hard. But you have to remember, like keyword here, it was the person you turned into when you were drinking. It's not the person that you are. And that was a really big connection for me to make because like when you're drinking every night and when you're making those mistakes every single day of your life and when you're hurting people that often you start to really think that like that is you but that's not you that's you under the influence of a drug and when I was able to connect the two or actually like disconnect the two like the drunk me and the sober me I found that like I was not that drunk thing that I turned into and like I didn't make, I didn't willingly make those mistakes. I didn't willingly like black out and like I don't wake up in the morning when I'm sober and be like, okay, I want to hurt my boyfriend. I want to say some terrible things to my best friend. I want to steal someone's car. Like, <laughs> like these are things that like I did all the time. Not stealing cars. Like I did it. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> I wasn't that thing. Like, that drunk thing that I turned into, that was not who I am as a sober person. Like, that drunk thing that I turned into, turned into, like, someone who just was looking for, like, the base necessities of life. And, like, when I was drinking, my base necessities of life were, like, alcohol and, like, food. And that was it. That's all I cared about. I did not care about friendships. I did not care about relationships. I didn't care about you know, family or like school or my life like literally nothing. It just turned into someone who was just obsessed with alcohol and how to get more alcohol. And that's not who I am when I'm sober. Cause like when I'm sober, I have a personality. <laughs> I have I have feelings. I have higher thought. I have a conscience. But when I'm drunk, I didn't have any of those things. And this one really comes with time because it's not easy to forgive yourself, especially when you hate yourself so much that you feel like sick thinking about who you are as a person and like just who you are and what you are in general. Like I remember feeling so sick to my stomach thinking about myself because I was just so grossed out and disgusted and ashamed of who I had turned into because like when when my like when my graduating like my high school class they went to college and like I went to rehab around the same time and like when they when my high school class graduated from college I was just getting out of my second rehab and I was so ashamed and so embarrassed like I remember one time I was in my hometown after I had gotten sober for like the second like final time and that we saw an old elementary school teacher there. And I just immediately was just filled with dread. I was like, oh my God. Like I was with my siblings and my in my family. And I was like, Oh my God, she's gonna ask like what I've been up to. She's gonna ask of where I graduated from. She's gonna ask what I'm doing for a living. Like she's gonna ask all these questions. And all I can say is like I went to rehab and I'm mentally unwell, and I'm starting over, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I have no idea. I don't have a job. I have, like, so many mental health problems. Like, that was the reality of my situation, and I was so scared and so ashamed to admit that out loud because that's just, you know, I never thought that I would take that path, but there I was, and she literally asked, like, oh my God, like, where'd you go to college? Like, when did you graduate? And I pretended to get a phone call. I literally, like, I was like, oh my God, sorry, one second. I looked at my phone. And I was like, I have to take this. And, like, I didn't have any friends. <laughs> like, ran away, like, into the bathroom just because I was like so... And like, I just felt so disgusted and so ashamed. I wasn't like... I haven't thought about that in forever. But anyway, um, it takes time in order to move on from feeling that level of shame. And that kind of shame... like very specific to drug and alcohol use. So it takes time and let it take time because if you don't heal that and if you're trying to deal with like the ins and outs of sobriety and you hate yourself, it's just really hard. It's a really hard thing to move through. So whatever you need to do, whether that be therapy or just forgiveness, like that's, that's the key point. You need to forgive yourself for doing those things that you did when you were drunk because that drunk you is not the sober you and the minute that you can disconnect the two and really realize that you know I am not this black hole of a human being that I am when I drink you will be so much closer to like peace and that's really what we're going for here (laughs) we just want a peaceful life after all of that chaos so Forgiveness is key. All right, lesson number three. The people and the things and the places that fell away after drinking were never meant for me. And I actually, you know, my therapist once upon a time had me write that down on a piece of paper. And because I'd said it during a therapy session, and she's like, write that down and put that on your mirror and like read it out loud every day as a mantra (laughs) because it's so true. And like I feel like that's why so many of us stay in like that cycle of alcohol and drinking and going out and whatever because we're just so afraid of our lives changing and we're so afraid of missing out and we're so afraid of our lives ending once we quit drinking. And you know in a lot of ways and I don't mean to scare you when I say this but like in a lot of ways that life that you have does end. But that's not a scary or bad thing. That's actually like, that's the most exciting, exciting part about sobriety. And I mean that. Like the death of that life, like the ending of all those relationships that are so bad for you that are not aligned with like who you are. Because like who you are is like you want to be that party person. You want to be the person who goes out. You want to go to patios and like drink in the summertime. You want to like walk around with cute mocktails and you know go on you know wine tastings like you want to be that person because we were fed for so long like that's what we should do like that's the kind of people we should be like that's what a cool sophisticated sexy woman or man or like whatever does like we were fed that for so long and we have it ingrained in our heads that like that's the only way to live and navigate this life that's the only way to make friends that's the only way to make relationships but it's not (laughs) it's not the only way to do anything in fact like I know you want to be that person so bad. And like I had to mourn. Like I had to mourn that person that I wanted so badly to be. Because that just wasn't me. And it never was. And I tried to make it work for a long time. But I realized like obviously once I was able to let that go. And once I was able to let those people, places, and things go. Like that's really what was meant for me. It wasn't those things that I was trying to hold on to. Like that was just hurting me. And once I was able to completely like let go of the notion and the desire to have things that really weren't aligned truly with like what I even like to do in the first place, I was able to really truly discover myself. And that was so exciting. That part was so fulfilling because like I let go of all of that because I know it wasn't meant for me. If it was meant for me, I would still be doing it. Like if it was meant for me, I wouldn't have that issue. If it was meant for me, I would able, I would be able to control my drinking. I would be able to do those things. I would be able to have a glass of wine with people, but I never was. I turned into a psychopath every single time. Um, It wasn't meant for me. So as soon as I was able to let that go, I was able to find all the things that were meant for me. And that was life-saving for me. Lesson number four. Alcohol is not a requirement for entry, for an experience, or for friendship. And a lot of people are going to make it feel that way. Like I remember I, forever ago I posted a TikTok and I had gone to a bar like with friends for like someone's birthday. I don't even remember what it was. But I like had a water in my hand or like I, was, I wasn't I was drinking obviously I wasn't drinking alcohol and I had so many people comment on my TikTok like you're never you're not allowed to go to bars if you're not drinking like they were so mad (laughs) they were so angry at me for even like stepping foot into a bar if I didn't drink alcohol and I thought it was so wrong and like oh my god I can't believe it I was just like people are insane but anyway um a lot of people are going to make you feel like alcohol is a requirement to go to places and like Obviously, if you're in early sobriety, you shouldn't go to a bar. Like, you should not do that. You shouldn't even approach that until you feel so comfortable and so ready. And like, that's not even like, that's down the line. Um, Some people can do it sooner than others and that's fine. Like, go on your own time limit. But like, you'll know. You'll know when you're ready. But anyway, a lot of people are going to make you feel like alcohol is required to do so many things. Whether that be going to a bar, going to a concert venue, like going to a wine tasting like you can still go to a wine tasting you can still you can still do anything that a drinker does you just don't have to drink and like that's so hard for people to understand because they think alcohol and like like if you have if you're in this certain square footage you have to drink alcohol but that's just not true like you can experience whatever you want in this world and not drink even if there are drinkers around you alcohol is not a requirement for entry into anything and it's the same thing with experiences. Like people are going to make you feel bad, like you're killing the vibe and like you're not going to experience like, like the rest of us if you're not drinking or doing drugs or whatever. Like I remember back in the day, like my, my ex-boyfriend, we wanted to, he wanted to go to like EDC, like this rave, and I didn't want to do ecstasy. And he was like, you have to do ecstasy. You have to do ecstasy. You're, you're going to kill the vibe. Like you're going to ruin everything if you're not on ecstasy. And he was just like so insistent and just like so many I did anyway but a lot of people are going to make you feel like that like even with alcohol and I want you to note that those people who say those kinds of things like if they're telling you that you have to be under the influence to enjoy something like what do you think that means like do you think that maybe means that they have a problem and they're like not looking at it right but anyway um a lot of people are going to make you feel like you have to alcohol is a requirement to have an experience but it's not. It's absolutely not. I've done 10 years of things that drinkers have done completely sober and I'm I'm better for it. I have the best time and those people who are telling you those things like I said like probably don't have the best relationship with substance themselves so just keep a note and just remember that you like alcohol is not required to have an experience and this leads me to my last one, which is friendship. Um kind of what I touched on on the last point is people are going to make you feel like you have to do something and they're going to tell you that like you're ruining it or whatever and a lot of friendships are going to fall away. They will. They just will. A lot of friendships are going to change. A lot of relationships are going to change. I can't tell you how many Women have DM'd me over the years and have said, like, I quit drinking. My husband or boyfriend, my husband, like literally my husband, my husband and boyfriend are like mad at me. They're they're asking like when I'm going to start drinking again and they're not supportive of my sobriety and like the, the, these things will change. A lot of things will change. Um, I know it's a point in number four, but I'm going to wait to like really dive into it because like I have another point with friendships that I want to get into as well. Which brings me to point number five. It is not your job to continue to be the old version of yourself to make anyone else around you happy or comfortable because you're sober now. And a lot of people will make you feel that way. And maybe you'll just feel like you need to be that person that you were when you were drinking. Because like, I remember when I was drinking, I was the party animal, like I was like the one running around the party like doing all like the flip cup beer pong like I was I was insane like I was like the ultimate like red solo cup in hand party girl like that was who I so wanted to be and like that's who I was Um, and when I'm sober like I'm absolutely not like that. Because, like, alcohol gave me the confidence to be, like, who I always wanted to be and who I never was able to be. Because, like, that's really not me. That's, like, again, like, that's that idealized version of myself that, like, I so wanted to be because it was placed there. Um, But who I am really is just a very chill and calm person. And sometimes I had a lot of guilt being that chill and calm person because like I so badly wanted to be what I used to be, what I thought that I needed to be. And it it took me a long time to kill like that image in my head of like what I thought that I should be. But maybe you have friends in your life or maybe you have family in your life who are like you're not as fun when you don't drink and blah, blah, blah. And like you're ruining the vibe and like you're, you're like it's just like making you feel like you're not as fun. But like look at the fun that they're having. Like I was talking to someone the other day and they went to a work party and they're like all adults and she was obviously sober. These actual adult human beings were like throwing up everywhere and like they were like like some people fell asleep in a bathtub and it was just like insanity and she was looking around and she was like this isn't fun <laughs> this is what people think is fun like this is like and, but, but you do think like in the moment like you remember being drunk and like oh my god I'm sleeping in a bathtub and like, well so fun it's really not fun like the kind of fun that they're having is like not the kind of fun that she wanted to have anymore and like it's no judgment like if that's what you want to do like go for it like have the best time sleeping in a bathtub <laughs> um But it just like wasn't what she wanted to do anymore. And like knowing that like so many people there were like saying inappropriate things and like it was a work thing and like so many lines and boundaries were crossed and it was just like weird and she was like this is not comfortable. Like I'm going to go home and she went home and she was so happy that she like she was like so reinforced in her sobriety because like because she didn't feel the pressure or the want or the need to continue to be the thing that she used to be around those same people she was like finally herself and she was finally able to say like "Mm, no I'm good. Like y'all have a great time (laughs) but I'm gonna go home and like go to bed and wake up and feel amazing. It is hard to navigate through that because like you're the one who stops doing something and you think oh because I stopped and like because I have decided to change like I need to make people around me comfortable but like no, no you don't. Like first of all you'll like that's trying to like control someone else's thoughts and feelings about you and that's a fool's errand because like how many times are in our lives are we actually able to control the thoughts and feelings of other people like we're not ever able to and if you attempt to do so then you're just like molding yourself into like a version of you that's not authentic and that's not true to who you are so it's just a bad idea so it is not your job let it go like don't like I know and like it's so much easier it's it's so easy like when I say it versus doing it because I remember it was like a real struggle for me and it took me a long time to not have that guilt anymore but something you gotta start working on <laughs> is just letting go of that need to control like what others think or feel about you because of your sobriety it's not your job it's not your it's not your job it's not your place it's not your anything like all you need to do your only job is to be you and to be sober and as long as you're doing that like you're doing an incredible job no need to worry about what other people are thinking because like they're going to think what they think and if they think a certain way you know that's their mindset and like you can't do anything about it just keep moving forward with your life okay point number six and this one was extraordinarily brutal for me back in the day um And it's that it takes time to heal relationships. Time. Not apologies, not I'm sorry letters, not like, not gestures, not anything. It takes time to heal relationships. And you have to let time heal. I struggled with this one so much because, you know, I remember like the first time I went to rehab, I was 19 and my siblings were so they were younger than me like they were maybe I was 19 they were you know 16 17 and I don't know like 10 or something like they were they were young and they didn't understand what I was going through like all they saw was their sister was drinking and she couldn't stop and they're like well just stop just stop drinking and like obviously that's not the case and xyz but all they could see was like I was ruining my life I was hurting them just like stop drinking and then like I was I finally went to rehab and the first time I was like I'm so sorry like I hope you forgive me and they're like yeah like we forgive you like we're still hurt and like we're pissed and we're not gonna be the same around you for a while but like we forgive you and then I went right back to drinking and didn't stop drinking until I was 21 and so by the second time I got our rehab like that was a time I knew like the first time I went to rehab I was like ah, i like, I don't really know if I'm going to quit yet, but like I'll go because I had an intervention. And it was this whole thing. Um, but I got out of rehab for the second time and I knew, like I knew, I knew this was, I was going to be sober. Like I couldn't think for the rest of my life because that was too scary, but like I knew that I wanted to be sober for the rest of my life because alcohol was terrible to me. So after I got out of rehab, I was like so excited to talk to them again and I was like, guys, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean any of it. Like, I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm, I am can't believe what I've done to you. Like, I can't imagine what it was like to be so young and to watch your sister go through this. And I know you don't understand it, but, like, I'm so sorry. And deeply from the bottom of my heart, like, I love y'all so much. And like call it, like, actually, is a big apology. And they were like, don't talk to us. <laughs> they were like, ew, get, a- get away from me. And that was brutal that was so hard and i remember being so angry because i was ready like i was ready i was i knew knew that i was ready but like they didn't believe that i was ready and they would never believe that i was ready because they had heard this all before so the only thing that would make them believe me is time and time it took it took three whole years for them to start talking to me again and that was even just to start talking to me again like having conversation like they literally did not talk to me for a very 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 long time and that was a huge lesson and it was very humbling and i think i'm better for it honestly because I'm such an instant gratification kind of person and like I was so ready for like them to like be ready when I was ready but that's not how it works. Like I did some real damage. I hurt people. I hurt their childhoods. I affected the way that they grew up. I affected the way that they see the world and I'm obviously horribly sorry for it but they weren't ready until they were ready and It took three years (laughs) to be ready and it took even longer for them to actually want to build a relationship with me and so it took many many years but like we're all besties now like we're all very close and I'm so incredibly thankful for the time it took because that's the only thing that could have fixed it. I couldn't have fixed it because my words were empty, my promises were empty, everything that I was saying and doing was empty. So that was one of the biggest lessons for me is that it takes time to heal relationships and you can't force it because we really hurt We really hurt people. We really affect people's lives with our drinking. And like I know we want it in an instant. We want to be like, okay, I know I'm done. Let's get back to where we were. But they're like, no, I don't believe you. We're going to take it on our time. And then you have to be like, okay, fine. So that was really hard and really terrible, but at the same time, like, it was so good because it was very humbling and I, it, it, uh, we, we were both able to heal, like, everyone on all sides was able to heal and was able to feel good about moving forward and now, like I said, like, we're all super, super, super close and I love my siblings so much and I'm just so happy that they decided to give me another chance because you know sometimes you don't get a second chance and there was a lot of people I didn't get a second chance with like there was someone a really close friend of mine who I used to drunk call all the time and after I got sober I was like I'm so sorry like I'm sorry and they were like don't ever talk to me again <laughs> they said don't ever I got the text message and they were like please stop contacting me <laughs> Like, don't ever and I laugh about it now because like it's funny now kind of but anyway, it was, it's hard. Like it's, people don't want have to, they don't want to have anything to do with you sometimes. And that's also very difficult. Like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But the only thing you can do is like move forward and like accept the people who accept you. And if they don't, then it's a loss and you have to mourn it. And then you have to move forward. And all you can do is like be sober, be sober, like continue moving forward in your sobriety because that's all you can do. That's all you can do. You can't control, you can't fix, you can't mend. All you can do is like move forward and do the best that you can. Okay. Lesson number seven is that going out does not get boring when you quit drinking. It actually gets way more fun when you quit drinking. And I know that sounds insane. If you told me that when I was 21, that like, yeah, you're going to love going out when you're sober. You're going to have a great time. I would be like, you're, you're lying. You're lying to your gaslighting me. It's not true. But it is true. Because I remember back in the day when I would go out, all I would want to do was drink alcohol. I didn't care about the people. I didn't care about the concert that I was watching. Like, I didn't care about anything. Like, I remember one time I went to see, like, one of my favorite bands. Like, back before I was able to I think I was I was 20 because I got kicked out of the venue um all like I want like I wanted to see this band so badly I was so excited for it but of course like I was underage so I had to start drinking before the concert because of course I had to be drunk at a concert I had to be drunk like every day it's like and you especially have to be drunk at a concert because like how can you enjoy music if you're not drunk so (laughs) I we got drunk I got like really drunk before the concert and then once we were there like obviously that wasn't enough like I could never stop so I continued to drink and like I had made my friends who were like 21 and over like go buy me a beer and I had this like really big underage wristband on my arm and there was like an outdoor venue and there was like people walking around everywhere and like I knew that and I knew people got kicked out of that venue all the time but like did I care no and like the band that I so badly wanted to see I didn't care about them anymore. I didn't enjoy the music. I didn't enjoy any part of the show. The only thing I was focused on is who's going to buy my next drink. I have to hide from this bouncer. I have to hide over here from this bouncer. I have to chug it. I have to hand it to my friend because the bouncer is looking. Okay, I'm going to give it back. and I'm going to chug it. Okay, can you give me another one? Here's here's more money. I didn't pay attention to the music at all. I never paid attention to anything that was going on while I was drinking. It was always only about drinking and I used to think that that was fun because in my head drinking is fun this is fun this cycle that I'm going through this obsessive cyclical cycle this is fun but it wasn't fun it was terrible it was actually a really bad time and of course I got I actually did get kicked out of the venue and then I didn't didn't get to drink or see the band so it was a pretty bad night for me but it just wasn't fun it wasn't fun it's actually miserable and tiring and terrible like it's not a good time it's it was never a good time and now when I go out now when I see concerts like I am there I am dancing it with the music I'm like with the crowd we're having a like we're having a blast it's so much, it's so much more fun. Like I didn't realize that like going out without drinking is so much more fun. Because you can actually pay attention to the people that you're with. You can make those connections. You can create those relationships. You can like enjoy the thing that you're going out to see. It's my, it's my, it blew my mind. It was like literally mind-boggling that I would have more fun when I quit drinking. But like here we are. (laughs) It is so much more fun to go out when you're sober. But of course, you know, that takes a lot of deprogramming in your head and it takes a long time to actually learn that lesson because all you can think about is like, oh my god, I'm going to miss out, I'm going to miss out. But like think, what are you missing out on? Bad times, like drunk calls, things you shouldn't say, text messages in your phone that you wish you could take back but you can't. Like, is that really fun? Are you really having a fun time? I don't think so. So It takes a while to learn the lesson and it takes a lot of practice also. Like it's going to feel really uncomfortable when you go out, when you're sober. Maybe I can do like a whole episode on this, but like it does take time and it takes practice to like figure out who you are as a human being. And like as a human being, like maybe you're a little bit more shy and maybe like me, alcohol brought me out of my shell. So you really just have to, you really just have to figure out like a whole new version of you. And again, it's not scary and it's not bad. It's exciting. Like You get to be who you want to be and it just takes some time to figure that out but like I'm telling you drinking is not fun when you go out. Being sober is fun when you go out. All right and lesson number eight is relationships that are built on like this raw vulnerability are so much deeper than those drunken connections and those hazy memories and those like little flashes of pieces of the night that you remember like relationships that are built on sobriety and in sobriety are so much deeper than those built with alcohol in the mix. Guess how many of my old drinking friends, guess how many of them messaged me like after I moved out and cut, like just like dropped off the face of the earth? Like zero. <laughs> Not a single one of them messaged me or cared to message me or cared really for me in general because all we had together... Was going out and being drunk together and, you know, laughing and, you know, like that woman at the party the other day, sleeping in bathtubs. And oh my God, isn't that so fun? Oh my God, we're so hungover together. Oh my God, the best time ever. The, like, the, and I used to think those relationships were so deep and so intimate because, like, we would have those drunken talks where we would be sitting on a bathroom floor, like, holding each other's hair as we threw up like I thought that like those were intimate moments and I thought that those were so special but like they're not they're just people on drugs being sick together and like you're just abusing drugs together and that's not a great place to build a relationship in my opinion like it felt like it because you were young and like that's just that's just what you did but now that I have some space and some time from that like I've realized that the relationships I have now are just you can't even compare them to the relationships that I had when I was drinking like I had to ask myself like how many of those people from back in the day were actually there when I really needed them when I was really having a crisis when I was like at my lowest how many of those friends that I was with every single day for years, like before I went to rehab for the first time and before I went to rehab for the second time, like I was with these people for literal years. Every single day of my life we were together and we were drunk. How many of them, how many of them actually reached out to me when I needed actual help in my life? None of them. Not a single one. Because those relationships, I don't want to say every single one because maybe there's an exception somewhere along the way, but most of those relationships are not deep and they're not built on trust or care or anything substantial. They're built on the backs of a good time and in life we have good times and we have bad times and if they're only here they're for here and they're not anywhere to be seen for here like those aren't real relationships. Those are just drinking friends and There's nothing wrong with having drinking friends, and like that's what you do. But I'm just saying, like the relationships that I have now are so much deeper and so much better than I could have ever imagined. Like for example, my marriage. Like I started my marriage. It was actually a long distance relationship. We met online and like playing video, like any man. It's another story. But we met online. Like he was living in Canada and I was in Texas, and we met online and we started our whole entire relationship on on just speaking to one another on getting to know one another like there was no liquid courage there was no there was nothing to, to 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 like lessen that that anxiety of like getting to know someone it was just like every like every vulnerable part of him and every vulnerable part of me and all of our deepest darkest secrets like we didn't need liquid courage for that like we built a relationship that was so trustworthy and that was built on like such a solid foundation of like care and honesty that we just felt like we were able to be exactly who we were with one another. And that's, I had never had that before, like not in any past relationships that I, the relationships that I had had and not any like friendships that I had had. There was, I we all we needed to do was just to be ourselves around each other. And I felt comfortable enough to do that because of like the foundation that we had laid down. The bond we have is like stronger than any that i've ever had before because it wasn't built off of like the highs and lows the good times and bad times of like of a drug it it wasn't built on any of that it was built on like very raw vulnerable compassion and honesty and that's so powerful like i didn't have the need that, that desire that I used to have to like transform into anyone else because I was able to be a thousand percent myself with him because it wasn't, there wasn't anything in the way of that. There wasn't anything that I needed in order to be myself. I just, all I wanted to do is be myself and same with him. And the relationship that we have now is just absolutely incredible. Like I could not be happier in my marriage and, and the friendship that we have. And it's so special to me. And it's that's not a rarity. That's not something that just happens once in a while. Like that's something that you can really build with anyone when you have sobriety and when you have, you know, the clear mindset that you do when you get sober. Like it's not that like we have like this special relationship. Like obviously like, we have a special relationship. I love him, but like you can have you can have that. Okay, lesson number 9 is there is comfort in the uncomfortable. And this one was a really fun lesson to learn. Not really, but I mean, it got me to where I am. It's like, good, great, amazing. There are so many uncomfortable things when you first get sober, and I mean like everything. And if you're newly sober, or if you've been ever been newly sober in your life, then you understand this. Everything about your life is uncomfortable. Your day-to-day activities, uncomfortable, they're new. Your friendships, they're changing, they're uncomfortable. Your relationship, it's changing, it's uncomfortable. The, the, the like the way you live your life the plans you have your free time everything is changing and everything's uncomfortable you're uncomfortable with yourself because you're having to like dig into yourself and like think about your feelings and feel your feelings you're feeling your feelings for the first time in a probably a long time if you've been numbing it with alcohol for a long time everything's uncomfortable you don't feel good it's not a great time like you feel you feel pretty bad some of the time not all the time but like you just you're not feeling a thousand percent yourself because you're not yourself you've spent so much time being someone else and then you're finally coming back to yourself and that's just that's a very crazy experience and that doesn't feel good a lot of the time but it'll get you to where you need to go I know it feels really uncomfortable now but I promise you sticking with that discomfort will lead you to the most comfortable place you have ever been in your entire life and I know that sounds absolutely insane but it's true like I know like I remember thinking like oh my god if I just drank like everything would go back to normal like it would be fine but like would it it would just keep getting worse if I drank And I didn't want it to get worse because it was already the worst that it could possibly be. Like I cannot imagine it getting any worse, but like it would if I continued to drink. And like, so it's either like be really uncomfortable drinking or be really uncomfortable for a short period of time and then find comfort. So there's two options here for you. Like I said, like one is just continuing down a bad path that's never going to get any better. And one is like being uncomfortable for a little bit and then finding a place that's the most the, the comfiest place you've ever been and I mean that like once you're able to move past that and once you're able to like get through that discomfort there's just like there's just it's so it's like and I I hate to be that person he's like oh my god my, my sobriety is incredible like it's so incredible and like I don't like I'm not trying to be like positive patty and like that what is it toxic positivity like I'm I'm really not trying to do that I just genuinely mean that like after all of that struggle of being so uncomfortable and not feeling like myself and not being myself and learning how to be myself again and learning what kinds of friendships I wanted and learning what what I wanted to do on a daily basis learning what I wanted to fill my free time with like learning what my hobbies were oh my god don't even get me started on sober hobbies everyone's like go for a walk and go drink coffee and it's so much more than that but anyway um once you get past that initial discomfort because it is initial and maybe it's a growing pain like just like anything you're making you're making a massive life change like it's going to be uncomfortable and like as someone who is notorious for running away from their feelings i know that i wanted to run away from that and you can't like you just can't you have to stick through it you have to keep moving forward And it gets, I promise you, it gets easier every day. Like the longer you're able to stay sober, the longer you're able to live with that discomfort, the more the discomfort starts to feel not normal, but the more it just starts to dissipate because you are sinking into this new life and this new version of you. And that, it just, it it just takes time just give it a little time but all of that uncomfort like all that uncomfort I shouldn't say it's uncomfort even no, it's like not what I should be saying all that discomfort that you're feeling all that discomfort that you're feeling now that's all growth you are growing it's like think of it like working out okay like you haven't gone to the gym in a really long time and you do like a hundred squats with like a barbell let's say You're going to die after that. Like, your legs are going to be jello. You're going to hurt so badly. But, like, what's happening in your body? Like, your muscles are tearing. They're changing. And it's the exact same thing with early sobriety and feeling that discomfort. You're growing. Like, that uncom... What do I keep saying? Uncomfort. That discomfort that you're feeling, that is you growing, every single day the more you feel uncomfortable like obviously there's different kinds of uncomfortable and like there's bad uncomfortable and there's good uncomfortable like I know you can tell the difference but lean into that good uncomfortable because like that good uncomfortable that's where you're gonna find the growth that's where you're gonna find happiness and peace after all this so just be mindful it sucks but it gets better (laughs) I feel like that's the thing about sobriety everyone is just like it sucks but then it gets better it's just just, it is what it is you know it sucks and it gets better okay in lesson number 10 we finally made it to number 10 together guys which is sobriety is a gift that not many people in this world are lucky enough to receive and I could go on about this for forever and again like I don't want to be positive patty I don't want to be like toxic positivity but I really I really mean it like the lessons that I've learned, the way that I am, the way that I have learned who I am, the shape of my life, the shape of my marriage, the shape of everything around me, like the shape of my universe is exactly what I want it to be. And how lucky am I that as a young adult that I got to take a look in the mirror and analyze all all of the things that were hurting me and all of the things that I was doing to hurt other people I got to analyze all of that and I got to take a moment in time and pause and figure out what the best path in life would be and if you think about it like Most adults don't do that. They don't get that opportunity. They just bulldoze their way through life. They just continue hurting people. They continue to act out. They continue to just be angry. They continue, they just continue to be exactly who they are. And a lot of the times they're unhappy and they don't ever have that that moment, that light bulb moment where they get to pause and they get to really dig deep into themselves. Genuinely feel so blessed to have gone through this experience because sobriety is a gift it is and like I know it seems like the worst thing in the world and it really like I said in my first episode it feels like it can feel like a prison sentence of like foam like eternal FOMO for the rest of your life but it's not it's actually such a beautiful growth tool and I could like, again, I could talk about it all day, but I won't. I'll cut it off because I'll sound really annoying. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to be positive Patty. Like I mean it. Like I'm really not trying to be, but, but really like most people stay on that hamster wheel of bad decisions and unwell thinking and hurting people and, selfishness and they stay on that hamster wheel for their whole lives and then they pass that on to their children and then they pass that on to their children and like I how cool like I get to be a generational cycle breaker in my family and I get to live life how I want and I get to treat people with kindness and compassion and I have the thought to analyze and discover and connect and I just have all of these things that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have that sense of like pullback to like to look at everything if I hadn't have gotten sober I would just and it's not even about the drinking like I would have just continued to live my life in the way that I was living and how I wanted to live and it it truly is just such an incredible thing and I'm, it, it takes a while to get there, like like most things that I'm talking about today. But it takes a while to get there. But like sobriety really is a gift, and I am so thankful, and I have so much immense gratitude for my sobriety and for everything that I've learned. Because, like I said earlier, like I'm just at peace, and after all of that chaos early on in my life, like that's all I want. I just I just want peace, and that's what I have, and that's because sobriety gave me the time and space to have that piece and to cultivate that for myself so number 10 biggest one for me sobriety is a gift I'm not positive patty but anyway it's a gift okay so that was 10 but I have like two more they're just I feel like they're so over talked about within the sober community and like I don't want to like talk about it even more but if you've never heard them before, I don't want to leave them out. Our first bonus, number 11, is, is that sobriety is not taking away. Sobriety is actually adding everything into your life. And it kind of goes back to my earlier point of like, remember when I was going out, I was only focused on the alcohol. I wasn't enjoying anything in my life. It's just, it's the exact same thing with just like with with like a a bigger picture of your whole life we're not going to be invited out we're not going to make the friends or I I was convinced I was like I'm never going to have a boyfriend I'm never going to get married I'm never going to get to toast on New Year's I'm never going to get to toast at my wedding I'm never going to get to do this never get to do that like yeah I don't get to toast at New Year's and like yeah I don't get to like have a, a, a cool cocktail with people but what do I have instead of that like instead of those little tiny moments in time like, what do I have? I have a fulfilling life. I have a, f- a beautiful marriage. I have, like, I have my life because I don't have those tiny little moments in time. And again, like, it's just a lot of things are going to fall away. It's going to be uncomfortable. Like, it's going to be hard and things are going to change. And, and like things, like, things will leave your life. But what you get instead of that is like the best thing ever. And I and I can't emphasize that enough. Sobriety is all the things you get to add in. What do I get to add into my life because I'm not spending my mornings hungover. Like think how much time okay think how much time, think how much time you spend drinking and planning to drink and actually doing the drinking and then recovering from drinking. How much money do you spend because of your drinking? like it adds up. drinking actually takes a lot out of your life and you think you're having fun because like that's the only thing you've ever known. But once you take that away and once you have all of that free time, it's so much free time. There's so much time for activities. So many so fun sober activities and so many relationships and like so many things waiting for you. So again, like that's talked about a lot on social media, but I just wanted to touch on it a little bit. And number 12, our last bonus of the episode. And again, like this one is also talked about on social media a lot. But if you've never heard it, like you'll see it all over the place if you look on sober social media but sobriety doesn't solve your problems. Like I I didn't get sober and then like my life was just like magic like poof, like magically fixed. That's not what it was like at all. It's work in sobriety is what makes your life better. And I was really sad to find that out. I thought that once I quit drinking, it was going to be like, okay, my life's better now. Like all my relationships are fixed. I'm going to know what to do. Like I know who I am. None of that. Like not even a single one of those things. I was so lost. As if you're in early sobriety, you know, you know. And if you've been in early sobriety, you know, nothing changes when you get sober. You're exactly who you are. Like the like the moment the day that you quit drinking, you are exactly who you've always been. The growth comes from stepping forward from that day one and deciding to put in the work. And it's work. It's not easy. Like sobriety. I don't like. I don't mean to. Like, I don't want to dissuade anyone or scare anyone. But like it's work. Like like anything. Like any change requires work, and it requires time. Remember, it requires time and effort and patience and it requires all of these things but like all of these things that you're very capable of think about back in the day when you were drinking like you were capable of a lot you were capable of changing things you were capable of fixing whatever you needed to in order to keep drinking you were able to tolerate bad relationships in order to keep drinking like you're capable of that change you've just never had to apply it in a sober way so like if you're scared that you don't have it in you you have it in you you can think of a million examples in your drinking that you put time and effort and patience into in order to continue drinking. Now all you have to do, the key, the secret, like my secret is harnessing that harnessing that strength you have in order to push through the drinking and apply it to your sobriety. Like you are you already have it. Like it's already there. You just have to apply it a different way. Sobriety doesn't solve your problems unfortunately i wish it did but you have to put in the work but good news you already have everything it takes inside of you to do the work so that's all my lessons for today guys i think this episode turned out to be way longer than what i wanted it to be but anyway um that's it for today thank you so much for watching or listening again like this is on probably all streaming platforms And if you're watching on YouTube, you're watching the video version. Hello, YouTube friends. Um, You can watch on either. Thank you guys so much for listening or for watching or a combination of the two. I am so thankful to be here. And, you know, I love talking about sobriety. I could talk about it all day long. So that's what I'm going to do on this platform. Um, Remember that you can always DM me at at hello. I am Tara on all social platforms. It's on the screen. Um, and if you have any questions if you have a topic that you want to talk about or like if you want me to discuss I'm more than happy to do that so go ahead and send me a message I would love to have an episode dedicated to like any problems that you're having in sobriety and um, yeah I'm so excited to be here thanks for listening and I will see y'all the next one bye